peoples of the worldwide federated internet. What's good? Man, I've been almost three weeks, just about little shy three weeks on my mobile setup. So whenever I come back to my desktop setup is always weird. But um, I heard a podcast earlier today or an excerpt from a podcast earlier today where James chapter one and verse 27 was mentioned discussing religion, religion and religious are terms that are thrown around loosely. People say it. When people say it, it carries different meanings depending on what crowd you're in or depending on the context of what a person is saying. But when it was mentioned, I was like, what is the Bible even talking about when it, when it mentions that word religion? And is it carrying the same thought that we carry today? And I don't know, like, I don't know what other people mean When they say religion, I know when I use the word religious or religion, the thought I had in mind versus what the Bible is teaching, I think might be two different things. So I'm going to go to the book of James chapter one. I'm going to read the whole chapter because I want, you know, everybody to hear the whole chapter so you can get the full context of what's being said. And I'm going to share my thoughts, kind of taking a break from the book of Exodus, because this is what was on my mind this morning when I heard that. Anyway, without further ado, let's get into this. All right. James chapter one and verse one. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting my brethren, counted all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have a perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth all men liberally, and abrideth not, and it shall be given to him. And let him ask in faith nothing wavering, For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low. Because as the flower of the grass he shall pass away for the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass and the flower thereof falleth and the grass of the fashion of it perisheth. So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation for when he is tried, 
he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his, of his own will begot he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth, beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being a forgetful hearer, but not a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. If any, if any among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Now, when many people use this term religion, I don't think this verse is in mind, nor the context of this verse and what it's saying is in mind. When, when we say religious, or let, let me just use myself as an example. When I say religious, I'm thinking about going to church. I'm thinking about uh, different religious activities, tithing, singing in a choir, being a deacon, being a pastor, things like that. that that's what comes to my mind. So I can't speak for other people, but that's what I was thinking when I heard that word which I do believe that is part of it. But I think, I think those, those external things are only part of it. They are, they are the display of a true religion and heart. And I think this will make more sense when I, when I go over what I was thinking this morning. So like I do most times, I was like, well, what does this word religion even mean? Right. Because I can't really understand this if I don't even know what the word means. 
So I looked in a dictionary and kind of got the origin of the word. The word religion comes from the Latin word religio. Um, from religion, uh, from religio to bind a new re and ligio to bind. So that word just in and of itself was to bind, right? To bring something together, to bind something. All right. So I was like, all right, so where, where does that lead me? Where does that take me? Um, so the, the English definition of that word religion is, um, in its most comprehensive sense includes a belief in the being and perfectness of God in the revelation of his will, uh, to man and man's obligation to obey his commands. And so my thought is the idea of religion is a oneness with God. That's the impression that I got looking up the origin of the word and looking up that definition. And I think that that's actually implied in these verses, unbeknownst to me, I missed what was clearly right before me, in my opinion. So the Greek word used there in verse, so in verse 26, we have the word religious and that Greek word is thrace kos. And that word is fear uh, or worshiping God to tremble, trembling, fearful. In verse 27, the word is threskia. And that word is to worship, especially external, that which consists of ceremonies, religious, discipline, or religion. So I said, okay, well, well, where does that lead me? Looking at those definitions and looking at those two words, where does that lead me? And it's, to me, what's interesting as I study more and more, I realize sometimes I, I go on my Bible and I go on these, what I call these super deep journeys, trying to find something super deep that nobody's seen before, only to realize that the simple truth of the matter is the things I need to know is right before me. And I'm actually looking past what I want, right? Like the answer is being handed to me. And instead of just grabbing this answer and go, oh, well, the, the Bible says this right here. I'm going 13, 15 levels deep and looking for something else. So, so let's look at this. So James chapter one, a lot of things, you know, gone over riches, the tongue being a doer of the word, right? And not just a hearer of the word. And then it gets down to these two verses. If any among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. And in, in uh, chapter three of this same book, there's a whole like a whole chapter devoted to dealing with the tongue, the mouth, what you what you say. This is a big deal, right? Because words turn into actions. Normally a person is not going to say something unless there's some actionable, actionable intent in their mind behind those words, right? If a person tells you they love you, 
more than likely, if they mean that there's some, some actionable intent behind them saying that, right? They, there's something they would love to do for you or, or there's something they would love for you to have, or just some way in which they want you to succeed and they want to be a benefit to you toward that thing. And they're, they're going to, there's going to be some action. If a person tells you they hate you and they mean it, there's some actionable intent behind that. They're probably going to do something behind saying they hate you. It's not just going to end there, especially if they mean it. They want to see you done wrong. They want to see harm come your way. They want to see you fail. All right. So, so the tongue and what we say, it's a big deal. It's, it's, it's not, it's not this, it's not this small thing that most people try to make it out. Like, Oh, just get over it. It's just words. Yeah, that's true. But there's a lot to that. So it talks about bridle in the tongue. Okay. So if, so if a man claims to be religious and doesn't control his tongue, well, then that religion is vain. It's empty, right? So we, we, we at least have a base criteria for a person who is religious. Somebody says they're religious, but they're always popping off at the mouth at somebody. Well, the Bible just says your religion is vain. It's empty. Whatever you are proclaiming to have, it is empty. Okay. So what's real religion and how do we see this pure religion and undefiled before God and the father is this to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction. Now, when I, when I read that initially, so I read my Bible and I take a, a literal account of what's being said, right? So I'm reading, I'm like, all right, this is what's said. The trap that I fall into that I think many people fall into is you get caught in the letter of the law. Yes. The Bible says pure religion and undefiled before God, the father is this to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction. Now it's going to go on, but I wanted to stop there. There's a comma, there's a break, there's a pause. It would be easy to read this and to say to yourself, well, okay, if I, if I visit, you know, the fatherless and the afflicted, you know, that's one part of it already taken care of. I think I, I, I truly believe I could be wrong about this. Somebody correct me if, you know, if I am, there's a, there's something deeper to this, the deeper, the deeper meaning to this. And it, and it makes that origin of the word religion make even more sense. What are the two greatest commandments? Love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. And what's the second that's just like it. Love your neighbors yourself. And I think that's what verse 27 is getting to. I don't think verse 27 is telling you that this is the only external thing that proves that you have true religion to visit the fatherless and the afflicted and the widows. I think the idea is love your neighbor as yourself. I'm fully convinced that that's the idea that God is showing us right here. And what's the second part of that? And to keep himself unspotted from the world. If you remember in the book of Ecclesiastes, there was a conclusion. It says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the entire or the whole duty of man. This is our duty. This is what is up to us to fear God and keep his commandments. 
keep himself unspotted from the world. So again, to keep yourself unspotted from the world, you would have to keep God's commandments. The Lord Jesus Christ said, if you love me, you keep my commandments. Now, this doesn't mean you're going to be spotless, but I believe in these two verses and especially at the ending, uh, the last verse in, in James chapter one, verse 27, true religion can be simply placed in two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so when you look at that, religion doesn't really have as much to do with ceremony and church attendance and all the pomp that people believe that or they, that they attach to that word. Oh, I'm a deacon. Oh, I sing in the choir. Oh, I go to church every Sunday and every Wednesday. Those are good things. Those are good things. I'm not saying that those are not good things, but I think to assume that that means you have this pure religion that the Bible talks about, I think you missed the mark. Because the, the mark of pure religion, again, as I'm reading this, is loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and loving your neighbor as yourself. So it's really, in a lot of ways, true religion is detached from all of these these other things so there's a there's a uh an account a story a parable in the book of uh the gospel of matthew chapter 25 verse 30 34 through 30 as a matter of fact i'm gonna read it because i was i was gonna try to paraphrase and my brain just eluded me the moment i thought about it so i'm gonna go to it matthew chapter 25 verse 34 through four. Let me start at uh, is it verse 33. I want to start at, mm, let me go to verse 34. I'm going back and forth. Let me see. Cause I don't want, I don't want to read too much. And you know, I know sometimes people lose interest if you start going too deep. Anyway, if, when you hear these verses, you, you can read what happened before. You'll probably remember as soon as I start reading, it says, then shall the King say unto them, on his right hand, come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger and ye took me in naked and ye clothed me. I was sick and ye visited me. I was in prison and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him saying, a uh, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered and fed thee or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw, when saw we thee a stranger and took thee in or naked and clothed and clothed thee? Or when saw we sick or in prison and came unto thee and the king shall answer and say unto them, verily, I say unto you insomuch as ye have done it, Unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Again, the Bible says that we were created in the image of God. When you love your neighbor as yourself, not only are you are you exercising the the second greatest commandment, you're also exercising the first because to love your neighbor as yourself is to love God. These things are, are 
are very intertwined. You can't, you can't, you can't have one and not have the presence of the other, right? They, they go hand in hand. And I, and I think this parable is a prime example of what pure and true religion is. The reason they carried out these things, they were worried about the sick. They were worried about those that were hungry. Those that were thirsty is because they loved God and because they loved God. They loved people created in God's own image and his own likeness. This is the pure religion that the Bible talks of, right? And, and the second part of that was keeping yourself unspotted from the world. I always make reference uh, to this verse, but the Lord Jesus Christ said something in the gospel of John chapter 17 and verse 17. He said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so also, um, even I also sent them into the world. And for their sake, for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also, which shall believe on me through their word that they all may be one as thou father art in me and I in thee that they may also be one in us that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And he said something in verse 16. He said, um, they are not of the world, even as I am not uh, of the world. And in verse 15, I'm kind of moving backwards on purpose. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. So again, when you go back to James chapter one and verse 27, a person who has pure and true religion keeps themselves unspotted from the world. Doesn't mean that, you know, some people I think sometimes act like aliens and that's how they treat people, right? Like, some, some believers, I did this after I got saved. I act like I was like, I was just better than everyone. And I had arrived and I was on another planet when really, no, I'm on the same planet. But the key difference is I am supposed to abstain from the evil that's in it. Not act like I'm not here, not treat people like, like they don't exist. Like, Hey, I'm here. I'm down here with you, but I might not partake of the things that you do. I might live my life a little different, which lends into what the Bible says about letting your light so shine before men that they may glorify, they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. If you get saved and you do the same thing everybody else does, what's the difference? Let's, let's use some human rationale. If I see, if, if I'm lost and I see somebody get saved, they believe the gospel and nothing has changed. They're doing the same things I'm doing, talking the same way I'm talking, going to the same place, same places and enjoying some of the same evil things they did before. And some of the same evil things that, you know, other people partake in. And what is the difference? What changed? Where's the light? How, how, how does that help anyone? It doesn't help anyone, which is one of the reasons why pure religion one of the one of the things stipulated was to keep himself unspotted from the world. 
So now what, what happened is as I was looking at that, I was like, man, the whole idea of religion, I, I had completely backwards. I'm, I'm thinking of all of these, you know, what we call religious activities. And again, I'm not saying that's not part of it. I think you do those things out of what I think these, these actions are caused by the pure religion that's already in your heart. And I don't think it's the other way around, right? Like how do, how do people say it? Sometimes you put the cart before the horse. And so what it made me think is, man, there's a lot of people walking around saying that they are religious that honestly really have no idea what they're saying and what they're talking about. And I'm sure throughout Throughout all of our lives, we've known people that we have considered air quotes religious. They didn't care about anybody but themselves. Definitely didn't care about keeping themselves unspotted from the world. But, oh, they had the church always there. Tithing, they were doing it, making sure people saw it. In the choir, in all of the church groups, deacons and all that. That's not religion. That's not it. That is not it. And when I read through James chapter one and I actually went through like just it, I just went through like step by step, reading every verse, taking it in. And then when I got down to, to verse 27, I was like, oh, man, this takes on an entirely different meaning now. It, it doesn't even look the same as it did before. And that was my thoughts for the day. Anyway, y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.